0: To Academy of Blues. Academy of Blues is a Chelsea FC podcast recorded and brought to you from Los Angeles, California. With the return of the Bundesliga and Premier League teams back in training, it looks like we will finally have stiff competition for being one of the only sources of soccer discussion in the last few months. But fear not, listener, we're still bringing the hot takes, stories, and butchering of player names that you have come to expect from this pod. In this episode, we will be reliving the joy of a certain couple of matches in the 2012 Champions League semi-final. I'm your host, Daniel Gonzalez, and today I'm joined by a tireless worker on the show, magisterial magician of podcast discussion, who dribbles in and out of the recesses of his Chelsea adult memories like an Eritrean messy hazard hybrid child. You already know him, it's Maddie Giver Christos.
1: How are you doing, Maddie? Oh, I'm doing so much better now that I heard that intro. I've been on pins and needles to see what you were going to (laughs) say, and...
0: It that was my turn.
1: Is, yeah. I think from here on out, you're just going to do the intros for all, even the <laughs> episodes where you're not hosting. You're yeah. just going to do the intros. That was fantastic. I I'm had doing put, great. I
0: had to put everything out there once.
1: You did. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Doing Sweet. pretty good. This is a good episode.
1: I think this is going to be... I think so too. You know, I was hoping that we would be able to offer people something creative that they can do that we've been doing in our... Quarantine life, but all I've been doing is really just working and watching TV, and that's it. So, and this show, and this show, this great, great show.
0: So, before we get into everything, before we get into the rest of the show, I have to take my revenge, so to speak, on you for that quiz you (laughs) popped on me. It was coming a little while ago. It was coming. (laughs) I had to wait an episode so I can get you on your toes,
1: you know, so you could. I did not think it would happen this soon. Yeah. But I'm ready, let's go. Yeah, Whatever you, you gotta got, keep
0: let's it go. So I'm picking a topic for this, for this quiz that I'm about to give you, is that this is a quiz about Chelsea records that have been set. So records, the most players who did this, most players who did that, Ooh. all sorts of things. This could be Chelsea records, it could be Premier League record, records, but it's all Chelsea. Okay. Ready to test your memory? I am ready to go. All right, most of these are from when you've been watching.
1: Okay. There's, That's good. there's
0: there might be some that are not.
1: That's good news. Okay.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the choice. Do you wanna start easy or do you wanna start hard? Um let's start easy. Start easy. All right. Fifteen questions. Okay. Some of them I think you can get some bonus stuff. Okay. Um, I didn't set a certain number of points, I just want to see what you could answer. I'll get twenty out of fifteen.
1: Let's All go. Right. Let's go with that. <laughs> <I'm> very It's Your words, not mine.
0: All right. This one should be the easiest for you. This is a Chelsea record. Which year did Chelsea have the fewest league defeats in a season? In the Premier League. 2004 and five. Correct. How many defeats was it? Was it two? Oof, it was one. That was your bonus point right there. It was only one? One defeat. In that season, how many goals did we concede? 15. Correct. There you go. It's not that bad so far, huh? Not that bad. How many clean sheets did Czech have that season? Oh, that's gonna be a hard one. Um, 28. Oof, close. What was it? It was 24. 24 clean sheets. 28 clean sheets in a 38-game season. That's incredible.
1: That makes sense.
0: That's amazing, though. Yeah. So in the Premier League, there have been five keepers who have scored. Mm -hmm. One of them is the Chelsea keeper. Who was it? And I can give you a hint for this one. So just let me know if you need it.
1: Okay. Let me think about it for a second. Do penalties count? No. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Did he score it while playing for Chelsea?
0: That was going to be my hint. He did not.
1: Oh, I think it was Asmir Begovic playing for Stoke.
0: You'd be correct. Oh, there you go. Three points for you.
1: Look at me go. And
0: you got the team, too. That was going to be my bonus question, so I'll give you an extra point for that. Yes. This was against Southampton in 2013. They didn't even win. They drew that game. So he's the only score. <laughs> on the- <laughs> so for Chelsea, who has scored the most penalties? in the premier league? In the premier league. It has to be Frank Actually, Lampard. It might not be in the, I don't remember whether it was just the premier league or Chelsea in general, but I believe the answer would be the same.
1: Well, if he played in the premier league, then it must be Frank Lampard.
0: It was Frank Lampard. Okay.
1: Don't ask me how many he scored.
0: Do you want to check it? Do you want to try guess? Okay. Do you want to try <clears throat> going to tell you with less than 100? So, well, <laughs> hopefully it is. <laughs> but can you tell me like the like within the the tens, you know, 20 to 30? I think if, it's 50 know, to 60. Oof, oh, so close. It? it was 49 40 oh, my goodness. Forty-nine <sighs> goals that he scored. Which manager has the record for the most league wins in a row for Chelsea?
1: Antonio Conte. Correct. Do you know how many? 13. That's true. There you go. Two points for you. Can we go? By the way, okay. you really worked hard <laughs> to get these questions. Because <laughs> this is not... You, you dug up some stuff to find these <laughs> questions.
0: All right. Let's go for a harder one.
1: Let's okay. go for a harder one. Let's do this.
0: Who is the oldest player to make a Chelsea appearance? Mark Schwarzer. That's correct. Oh. Nicely done. Look at me go. Do you know how old he was at the time of his last appearance? I'm gonna guess he was forty one years old. He was forty one. Forty one wow, two hundred and eighteen days. <laughs> good job. You might get twenty points out of this. <laughs> Let's do this. You're doing pretty good. Who is the youngest player to have scored for Chelsea in the Premier League era? This is this is testing how well you know Chelsea
1: before you started watching. This would have been in the 90s. He would have probably had to come to the academy. I can give you another hint. Go ahead. I've never heard of this player before doing That's this. That's a horrible hint. <laughs> um, is it Toriander Flo? It is not. Okay, all right. I it give is up.
0: Mikhail Forsair In 1999, February, he was 17 years old and 342 days.
1: Yep, no idea.
0: Yeah, that was a hard one. That was a hard That's one. A hard one. Where do Chelsea place in the all-time Premier League table
1: for every year Third. put together? Hey, pretty <laughs> good.
0: Do you know who's in front of them?
1: Uh, I think it's Man United in first, Arsenal in second.
0: That's correct. Nicely done. I'll give you two points for that one. Yes. On December 23rd, 2012, Chelsea set the record for the most number of individual goal scores in a game in the Premier League. Ooh. What December
1: game was it? 2012?
0: December 2012. What game
1: was it? The question is how many scores did we have
0: so this, i don't know if i said this actually i think the question i asked was what was the game but also what who were the scorers
1: who were that's the my scorers? second that's
0: my second question Woo! i think this will come
1: oh in december 2012
0: december 2012
1: no this was this was uh during the robbie Di Matteo days it was against aston villa maybe it wasn't robbie Di Matteo, but it was against aston villa yes it was okay Good. At least I, I got one. I, point. Bet. I didn't know
0: whether you were asking me the question or
1: not.
0: So there you go. Aston Villa.
1: Um as far as scores go, Do you know the score. The score was 7-1. 8-1. One. Eight, one. 8 nothing. 8 nothing. 8 nothing. Eight nothing. Eight don't give don't give me a point for the no. score. <laughs> and who scored? Who scored? We set the record for the most like For the most amount of different players that scored in that game. Correct. Okay. So there's a fair few. Frank Lampard, Fernando Torres, Ramirez? All correct. David Luiz? Correct. Okay, four for four. Oh, Eden Hazard? Correct. Juan Mata? No, it was Franco Di Santo. Final answer? Wait, I got two players that are missing, right? You got two
0: players that are missing.
1: Uh, Franco Di Santo is one of them. That is not right. Oh,
0: Oscar. That is not right. That is there. You go. There's one. So one, one more, one more player.
1: Man, it's, it's going to be someone weird like uh, Ivanovic or something. Ivanovic. 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 Oh, there you go. My oh, oh. <laughs> oh, goodness.
0: I'll give you half a point for that one. Okay. You got a few ones. All, right. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, I'll take it. There are two Chelsea players in the top ten assists in the Premier League. It's so the top ten assists of all time in the Premier League. There are two Chelsea
1: players. Okay. Frank Lampard's the first one, Cesc Fabregas. There
0: you go. That's another point for you. This is this is hard. I acknowledge this is a hard question, but you could do it in the tens again, okay. like I did the last time. How many assists do they have in their Premier
1: League? Oh, I'm gonna say Frank Lampard between 110 to 120. But I'm not gonna tell you the answer until you guess Fabregas too. <laughs> Cesc Fabregas between 130 to
0: 140. Also not correct.
1: Oh. He's between 150 to 60, isn't he? No. Fabregas.
0: Fabregas had 111 assists. Oh, wow. They're a lot less than I thought. had 102. And then one more question related to the pair of them. What was the first and last year of their assists or last season? So what was the first season Lampard assisted in the Premier League and the last season, the first season that Fabregas assisted, and the last season? Basically, give me the span of their careers.
1: Not Chelsea careers, Premier Premier League careers.
0: Premier League careers. Okay,
1: Frank Lampard. Start in 1996 no
0: 1997 was his first assist ah
1: okay let me keep going to see if i can get half a point <laughs> at least
0: to complete the other half
1: oh yeah so let's see frank lampard he left chelsea at the end of the 2013-14 season and then for 14-15 he played with man city he must have had at least one assist in that season. So I'm going to say Frank Lampard's last assist came in the 2014-15 season. You'd be correct.
0: Yes. There you go. Half a point. Completed that point. Completed
1: that point. All right. And, and then now for, for Fabregas. Cesc- Fabregas, his first assist would have come in the 2004-05 season. Correct. Uh, and then his last assist would have come. This should be easy. This would have been last season before he left. So, 2018-19. <sighs>
0: no! Has left in 2017-18, after the 2017-18 season. What's my total? Your total is 14.5. Out of
1: 15. Out of 15. That is, so got to say. There's
0: two more questions for a possible three more points. Okay. There are two Chelsea players who have the Premier League record for the most amount of assists from one specific player to another. It's one player passing to another.
1: Score Easy. Lampard to Drogba. There you go. Can you tell me the number? Oof. 34.
0: Oof. 24. Ah! Oh. 24, <laughs> 24 assists though from Lampard to Drogba specifically. That's a, that is a lot. That's a, lot. That's a lot. Who has the most consecutive league appearances for Chelsea? For Chelsea. I'm not sure but I believe this is also the Premier League record. Mm, if i the
1: most amount of consecutive league appearances. I'm going to say it's not the Premier League record anymore, but it was when he said it for Chelsea. He also said it for for the Premier League. It was Frank Lampard. Correct. And I'm going to say, can I give it to you to the nearest tens? Yeah, absolutely. It's between 150 to 160.
0: You are correct. Yeah. Oh, what? wait. No, you're not. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it, you is got it close enough. One, is it 160 to 170? 160 to 170. Oh. It's a 164 consecutive <laughs> appearances.
1: It was broken by Brad Friedel, who is ah, a goalie. That's right. So does it doesn't really count. Frank Lampard does hold the record for, for an Chelsea. outfield player. Yeah, for outfield And player. for Chelsea. Which is,
0: that means more than being a keeper. Absolutely. One more question about this. Can you tell me the the years between his appearances? Like from what year to what year?
1: Well, i we will tell you the months. Not the
0: months. That's too tough.
1: I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get this one wrong, but I'm going to say 2005 to 9.
0: No, 2001 to 5. No. From October 13th, 2001 to December 26th, 2005. That's where you set that, that record. That is very
1: impressive. That is
0: incredible. Which Chelsea player has the most UEFA competition appearances? It has to be JT. It is. Ah, there you yes. Go. For another bonus point. To the nearest ten, can oh, you tell me how Oh no! <laughs> um, I got to give you harder questions than you gave me because <laughs> <laughs> you
1: have a better Chelsea memory than I do. So I'm gonna say he landed between one hundred and ninety to two hundred.
0: One
1: hundred and twenty-four. I oh, was
0: way off. I don't think he. I don't think we played in the in UEFA competitions for some of those some of those years at least.
1: You're right. I, I th- yeah. thought that maybe we would have made the UEFA Cup or the Europa League. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: One more question for a possible three points. You were at 17 and a half.
1: Oh. So you'd uh, have to get. We get... get two and a half points to get <laughs> you 20. In
0: 2016, Chelsea and Tottenham played in the now famous Battle of the Bridge. Yeah. Tottenham set the record for the most amount of yellow cards one team has received. Yeah. How many yellow cards was it? Nine yellow cards. There's a point for you. Oh, let's go. Actually, so there's four possible points. Because I'm going to I'm gonna ask you, which players? Oh, for Tottenham? For Tottenham. And every three players, I'll give you a point.
1: <laughs> so, nine players for Tottenham. It should be easy, because it's the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you do. <clears throat> okay. Vertonghen? Correct. Alder- Vey- uh Not correct. Danny Rose? There you go. There's another one. Joe, whoever the right back was, it was either Trippier or Kyle Walker. They look exactly the same to me. <laughs> Can't tell them part. I'm going to say it was 20, this was 2015, 16? Yes. I'm going to say Kyle Walker. You'd be correct.
0: Yes. There you go. One point for you. One that's three point.
1: players. Um, I'm going to say Harry Kane. Correct. Erickson. There's another. Lamela. And there you go. There's another point for you. Dali Alley? No. Really? Uh, no. What? Surprisingly. Oh, Dembele?
0: There you go. There's another one. All right. You got two more players. Two more players.
1: Um, You know what? I give up. You give up? <laughs> I don't think I could do it. All right. Am I going to be mad when I find out?
0: Uh, I think you'll be mad when you find out one of them. There's two more.
1: Okay. Tell me. All right. One of them. Sissoko. Was Ryan Mason. So forgettable,
0: Ryan Mason. <laughs> and the other one, Eric Dyer. Oh. That one you should have got. <laughs> Big head, Eric Dyer. <laughs> All right. Let me just check one more time. I believe I passed everything. Do you want to know your point total? Yes. You got 15 and a half points. Or 20 and a half points. My bad. 20
1: and a 20
0: half and points. Half points. There you go. Look at that. Look, Congratulations. Thanks, Good man. Good job.
1: My memory is incredible when it comes <laughs> to uh, Chelsea FC. I can't remember anything else, but... <laughs> you just filled che- your entire brain. Chelsea rain. things... Absolutely.
0: and welcome back to part two of our latest episode which is unnamed
1: still yet to be named this is the first
0: i think this is the first episode we have that is unnamed
1: at at this stage yes but i promise it will be named by the time it comes out
0: you put it out like a like a Kendrick Lamar album that's just untitled (laughs) (laughs) untitled podcast hey i'm ready for that so we're going to be getting into the Chelsea, Barcelona, semi final.
1: The season is off to a bad start, but it got a little bit better because the manager that was there left, this new guy came in, we beat Napoli in the round of 16, and now we are into the last eight of the Champions League. One more thing to note, at this point in the Champions League, Chelsea was the only English team left in Europe. So that is where we're going to pick things up today.
0: I think we should kind of Gloss over this Benfica game that Chelsea draws because in the first leg at Benfica, Chelsea wins 1 0, Kalu scores, and in the second leg, they win 2 1. It's not a very storied affair. This is the one game in this knockout round period that is not this insane comeback type game that Chelsea pulls off. Every other game is an underdog story, and this one is not quite that. All right, but with that, we're going to move on to the the real treat. Yep. Of this time, Chelsea versus Barcelona. Yep. Chelsea draws Barcelona. Not, and at this point, the four teams are arguably the four best teams in just in soccer. Yep. At this point, in every comp, every best <laughs> club ever, it's Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and Chelsea FC.
1: Yep. And out of those four, if you ask me who's the favorite to win it, it would not be Chelsea. No. In fact, we would probably be fourth favorite.
0: From an unbiased
1: perspective, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put money on Chelsea
0: at all in this scenario. I right. would put negative. Yeah. I would bet on every other team before right. betting on Chelsea, without right. knowing the outcome of because this. Because when year. you think
1: about, like, for example, that we're going to talk about Barcelona, so I'm not going to mention them. But when you think about Real Madrid, they had the likes of like Cristiano Ronaldo, Mesut Özil, and and this was. This was one of the best Real Madrid teams that have been assembled in a while since the Galactico days with like Ronaldo and Beckham and Zidane and all that. Uh, and, and and Bayern Munich had the likes of um, Philip Lahm and Bastian Schweinsteiger and Mario Gomez and all, Manuel Neuer. All these like Ribery and Frank Ribery and Arjen Robin can't forget them there's goodness. so many there's so every single player on that and team. Like, is we had Solomon Kalou <laughs> and we had Branislav Ivanovic bless his heart I love him but it's just not the Basingua. same company we had Joseph Basingua
0: let set the scene right now it's 2012 Chelsea have just coasted by Benfica Chelsea have just drawn Barcelona yep the next stage how are you Maddie a young 17 or 18-year-old. It was
1: so long ago, I don't even remember yeah. <laughs> how old I was. <laughs> you just remember how you felt yes.
0: during that time. A young a young Maddie's watching this and he sees that Barcelona, it's Barcelona and Chelsea. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, it definitely wasn't fun because I think Barcelona was probably the one team that I would have wanted to avoid because this Barcelona team had Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Fabregas, Puyo, Pique, um, David Villa, Alexis Sanchez, Sergio Busquets, all of them in their primes. This was Barcelona team that won 14 trophies in four years. Imagine that. There was a small part of me that was relieved because it definitely looked like Barcelona was going to be the one who, who won it then at least we could say, well, we lost to the eventual winners. I think in 2012, that was the season where Messi, Xavi and Iniesta, all three of them finished first, second and third in the Ballon d'Or race. So this was just, this was a tie that we did not want. And yet it's the one that we got. So first
0: leg is at Sanford Bridge, Chelsea have A chance playing at home. Let's go with that. They have the the slightest chance playing at home. And would you like to summarize it for us?
1: Um, Yeah. So it starts with Barcelona keeping possession for the first 76 seconds of the game. And that ends up being the story of the game. They have the ball the entire time. Chelsea players are just chasing shadows. Here's the thing. When you are watching... Lampard and Drogba and John Terry and Juan Mata. When you're watching these guys play, there there are the trademark things that they do. For Frank Lampard, if it, it it's the late run into the box. For Drogba, it's the you know it's it's the how he hus- hustles uh, all the defenders that he's playing against. For John Terry, it's how he's very dominating in the air and how he's dominating everybody he's playing against. Mata, it's how he tricky he is and everything. In that game, there is not a single shade. Of any trademark Chelsea things that you would normally see except for this one beautiful 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 moment so Barcelona have the ball the entire game they're peppering us with shots they're just shooting and shooting and shooting and I want to say it was right before halftime forgive me for not looking this up but I think it was like the 44th or 45th minute Frank Lampard gets the ball in the middle and gets a crossfield ball to Ramirez who is making a run on the counterattack. Ramirez chests it down and he hits it across the penalty box to find none other than Didier the King Drogba. And Chelsea get their first goal. When you look at this goal, this was a goal that shouldn't have been scored from the moment Ramirez is trying to cross it to Drogba. Now typically when you have, when you're going on the counterattack and when you have a winger or you know, somebody playing out wide, when you have them running down the line and they're on par with the last line of defense and they want to cross the ball in, typically what happens is they hit the ball right between the last defender and the keeper. So that it's really awkward for the keeper to come out and get it. It's awkward for the defender to defend it. And so they they lots of times they end up being forced to just leave it. And the Chelsea player coming in from the back post would be the one to get it and cross it and, and score it in. With this cross, though, three Barcelona defenders recover on Ramirez, and so they're slightly ahead of him. So there's no way that he can actually get to do that. And he tries to cross it, and he's like stumbling and falling down as he crosses it. And the cross itself deceives all three Barcelona players who were prepared for it because it was a bad cross and because it's shorter than it should have been. But thankfully, Drogba was just running a little bit behind, and that worked in his favor, so he used his left foot to just tuck it in. And so one nothing Chelsea, so much happens in that game that is a blur because it was nerve-wracking. Because at any point, or like Barcelona could have scored. And if they scored a goal away from home, huge advantage to them.
0: And so the rest of the game, not great for you. But luckily, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say in ch- typical Chelsea manner, but this is definitely a performance that shows Chelsea's mentality it's like a mind over matter sort of thing. It's not a Chelsea team that can that has the skill to go through and like play Barcelona. It's like any Guardiola team, you're not going to go out and play City or Barcelona at this time and try to match them in a in a in a flowing like attacking football kind right, of way. Right. You can't do that against a any Guardiola team that's firing in all cylinders. So right. You're just going to get destroyed. They're going to do everything way better than you do. Exactly. So this is a Chelsea team that doesn't try to do that at all. They sit back, they defend, they defend, they defend, and the moment that they get, they take it and Drogba scores. So this game ends 1-0. this game and I'm guessing I don't know how you're feeling at this point in 2012 but I'm guessing your only feeling is let's just hold out for a 0-0 draw
1: right is that true it was a case of expect the worst and hope for the best and 35 minutes in I believe Sergio Busquets scores uh, for Barcelona to make it one nothing on the night and which would bring it to 1-1 on aggregate
0: and so I think it's Cuenca who's who going He's going down the the left wing, and he passes it in. And despite a Chelsea, this is a Chelsea team that had been defending furiously this entire game, defending furiously the entire game before. And when he passes it in, Busquets is pretty open yeah. inside the six-yard, or just outside the six-yard box. Yeah. So he's right there, does a neat little pass inside. And this is probably, I mean, I feel like we can also chalk this up to nerves. This is chalking up to even a team as great at defending and as storied with their defending prowess over the years as Chelsea is, they can't be 100% every single minute.
1: You made a really good point right there. And I just want to add to it that when you're playing in such a defensive manner, if there are any mistakes that your team makes, chances are they're probably going to happen very close to your goal, which means you're going to get punished for them. and. I think just two or three days ago, I was watching uh, Frank Lampard and Jamie Redknapp interview on Sky Sports, and when he was talking about specifically that Barcelona game, Lampard said we played, we had played 25 minutes, and I could get nowhere near Xavi or Iniesta. They were playing, they were running circles around me. The other thing that we didn't mention was when Chelsea and Barcelona played at Stamford Bridge, there were 38,039 people. When they played at the Camp Nou, there were 95,845 people in there. And so you can imagine how much more that meant for Barcelona to have about, what, a little less than 60,000 people, more than what Chelsea did. So Barcelona's score, it's way too early in the game for us to concede and for us to feel okay about it. And as you know, it just gets worse from there.
0: In the 12th minute, Gary, Gary, Gary Cahill, John Terry's defensive partner, gets injured and comes out and is replaced by Jose Buzingua. Jose Buzingua. Which is not it's not an inspiring like-for-like right. like replacement at that moment.
1: Right. So now what you have is Basingwa right back and then Branislav Ivanovich and John Terry as the middle two in defense. This is important because...
0: Also, Devin Luis is out injured this moment. He's in in the team, but he's injured. So he's not in the subs. We have no center backs to come in. So we have one center back, one fit center back, who's playing at the moment in this match. And two minutes after Busquets puts Barcelona ahead, John Terry is
1: sent off. One of the dumbest things that he has done in his career. I think he probably... I feel like he's come out and said that it was the biggest regret of his career because he ends up missing the next game. I mean, the ball was somewhere in the left wing area or somewhere in the middle, but Alexis Sanchez is right next to John Terry, and John Terry decides to just knee him in the back. For no reason. For absolutely no reason, except probably because of frustration that Chelsea had just conceded, and John Terry knows what that means and how this night could go so john terry gets really frustrated kicks out at alexis sanchez sanchez makes a meal out of it looks like he got shot by a sniper is rolling on the floor and everything and this is before the days of var so if a referee didn't see it or spot it in real time they just keep on they move on and he doesn't get punished for it uh, however the linesman who was on john terry's side ends up seeing it flags the middle ref tells him what happened john terry gets a straight red card the captain. Get sent
0: off with a straight red. The captain, number one, the captain. Number two, the only fit center back we have at the moment right. on the field. Right. Number three, we've just conceded, so this is the time you need him to step up the most. Right. And there is, if I'm doing my wrath right, there's 53 more minutes in this match that still have to be played. Yep. And right now it's tied on aggregate. Yep. Chelsea are hanging on by a thread at this moment. A big disappointing moment in the 37th minute, John Terry is sent off and only less than 10 minutes later, seven minutes later, what happens?
1: Seven minutes later, uh, Iniesta scores.
0: It's it's Messi running through. You can see every Chelsea player kind of scrambling, coming back to try to defend uh, against Messi. You know, when Messi's dribbling at you, it's one of the scariest things in the world. It's just him running at you. It's, um, I think it's Ivanovic who's trying to cover him. And they're just scrambling to do it. And with every Chelsea defender's attention on Messi, Iniesta is slightly clear on the left side, so Messi just puts a nice knight. A nice? That's <laughs> right a niece- for nice. <laughs> it's a nice style <laughs> pass down. It's just a simple, easy pass to Iniesta, who just slots it right past Czech. Despite Czech's great performance in this match, I don't know how many, I don't remember how many saves he makes off the top of my head. It's like over a million, I think, something like that. Yeah. That number. Yeah. Every single, s- <laughs> he doubled his career saves in this match. Despite everything, Barcelona are 2-0 up against Chelsea. They
1: are. And quickly going back to that Frank Lampard interview a couple of days ago, he says that when Iniesta scored and it was 2-0 to Barcelona, he was like, oh, this is going to be like, we're going to go to double digits. Like, they're going to score 9 or 10 on us. So that's how he was feeling. I remember I just sank to the floor. Wherever I I was watching it at home, and I don't remember what part of – the living room i was in but i do remember just being on the floor and being like another year and it's over because of like stupid little things that could have easily been avoided um but that feeling didn't last that long because just two minutes later just two minutes later something incredible happened. just a couple of minutes later has no business doing what he's doing but Ramirez decides to just pass the ball to Frank Lampard and he just starts booking it down the field the same way that he did in the first leg starts booking it down and oh this is this has this is my second favorite assist that Frank Lampard has ever had in his entire career or from what I've watched anyways in many ways, Frank Lampard was going away from goal, and so he wasn't running towards it. But he just takes this one quick glance over his shoulder to see where Ramirez was going. And just within like half a second, sends the ball through to him. Now, Ramirez is a very fast player. And so he sneaks in through uh, between a couple of Barcelona players. He is faced one-on-one with Victor Valdez. Now, think about this from Ramirez's standpoint.
0: Not a technically amazing player ramirez is
1: not the most gifted player he is fast he is strong It's a workhorse he's a workhorse sometimes he's got a nice shot on him but he's also been very frustrating at different times not scoring goals that he should definitely score but if you're ramirez frank lampard has just put you through your team's two nothing down captain is out you know the the six or seven defenders that your team could have called upon Gone, all right, for the foreseeable future, <laughs> either suspended or injured, just gone. And he is faced one on one in front of 95,000 Barcelona fans, and he doesn't just decide to shoot on Victor Valdez. He goes for the most audacious chip and he dinks it over Victor Valdez. It and, is and, and clean. It is super clean. And, and sometimes what will happen is keepers will come out and the player will chip it and the keepers will try and, like, kind of lower themselves to cover as much ground uh, as possible on the floor. Um, this doesn't happen because Ramirez was far enough when he's chipping it that Victor Valdez is able to read it, and he, like, reaches his hand upwards, and he jumps. And somehow the ball goes up, and, like, it, it goes up and down. Right it's
0: like before a roller coaster. It, it really, it's incredible. Really was
1: incredible that he did that. He runs off. He's a Brazilian, so with every Brazilian goal, there's got to be a little dance. He does his little dance, Chelsea players go in. And I think, I think this is the most important thing that happened in that game. Because if Chelsea weren't able to pull that one goal back right away, then the team talk at halftime would have been completely different for both Chelsea and Barcelona. And goodness knows what could have happened in that second half. But as it is, even though Barcelona was winning 2 to 1, because of the away goals rule, which we've talked about in our previous uh, episodes, because of the away goals rule, Chelsea are going through. Incredible.
0: So, despite this, despite everything, despite that last bit of hope that happens with Ramirez doing this and chipping this incredible goal over Victor Valdez, Ramirez, of all players, to do this. It's not Lampard, not Jogba, it's not Drogba, it's not John Terry, it's not Manta, <laughs> it's not any of the players that, you know. It, Definitely wouldn't be John Terry. I don't know why I said it. It's not any of these legendary players. It's Ramirez,
1: a cult hero, I would say.
0: Cult hero, but not a legend. Right. And he puts—he's the saving grace for Chelsea. But still, there's another half to go. By my math, even with Chelsea's luck, just duplicate this—it's four-two at the end of this. Chelsea still go out. Right. They've been incredibly lucky so far. Second half starts, and two minutes <laughs> into the second half. Wait, let me uh, real quick. I'm only asking you. It's halftime. This match has happened. Chelsea are still going through. Do you believe it?
1: No, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember because way too much happened between the 35th and the 45th minute. Two Barcelona goals, a Chelsea red card, and a Chelsea goal. Way too much happened that I'm sure I was processing at the time that I do not remember at all what that half was like.
0: I remember that that uh, it's probably that, that whole 15-minute break. You were just sitting there staring at your television, <laughs> yeah. just not yeah. blinking. Yeah. Just still trying to process everything that's been going on. So, technically Chelsea are still going through. Second half starts. Two minutes in. Fabregas, who is going in. It's a nice little pass towards him. He's nearly through a goal. There's still a couple of Chelsea players there. But he is almost at the six-yard box. He's only a few yards out from the goal. And it's Fabregas, who can score. Absolutely shown that he can score right. in this scenario. And if not, he can pass it to another player who can right. score It's exactly. Fabregas. He's got, got the him. skill for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. As we um, mentioned before in this podcast, he is in the, what, top three, top four I assists believe, in the Premier League?
0: I believe he's number three, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Like number three or number four. It's what happens when you have every single player defending. It's that sometimes you pair up one of your clumsiest <laughs> yeah. defenders in Didier Drogba <laughs> yep. with One of their most technically skilled players in Fabregas. And definitely a player who knows how to take a fall. Drogba tries to slide to intercept it and is nowhere near the ball. Nowhere near it. 100% trips Fabregas, falls from the ground, and a penalty is given to Barcelona. Yep. And who's going to take it?
1: Lionel Messi, who has never scored against Chelsea, but this is the best chance that he's ever gotten to score against Chelsea. So, Messi steps up to the plate with the whole world watching. And he puts it into the top corner and scores. Sight! (laughs) Just kidding. He puts it in the top corner. I believe he he shoots to his right, checks left, but it hits the post or hits the bar and goes back out.
0: This is the easiest chance he's ever going to get against Chelsea. Right. And it's not in there. Do you remember how you felt at this moment?
1: Yes, I do. This was the first moment in that entire tie that I actually believed, oh my goodness, we might be able to make it out of this. Because when you have the greatest player of all time, missing penalties and unable to score, then it makes you go, what is happening here? Um, And I might also add to that, this was probably the second best thing that could have happened in the game for Chelsea. Because now, Barcelona is just that much more on edge.
0: You can you can tell that the players believe at this point because sometimes you'll watch matches where there's one team that's clearly superior and you could just see the other team slumping their shoulders, walking, not trying just as hard, still getting into position, but not hustling as much. Right. And you can see like the belief draining out of them. This is not helping happen-, happen to this Chelsea team. Nope. This game is you could just watch this entire game and it feels like a highlights game because every single minute there's a barcelona attack every single attack gets inside the penalty area and there's a bunch of tiki-taka going on before a shot that either misses and goes wide hits the post or hits check check saves or something like that and this is still not we're still not out of the woods there's still a lot of time left to go before
1: this ends a solid 40 minutes to go
0: there's there's about a solid 40 minutes of barcelona attacking, and attacking, and attacking, and attacking, and attacking, and I can't emphasize this enough, attacking, (laughs) and attacking, and attacking.
1: I'm sorry, what did they do?
0: Uh, I believe they're defending, no, that's not right, they're attacking. (laughs) They were attacking. So, the next big thing that happens is, in the 80th minute, actually, uh, I think Roberto Di Matteo kind of switches his philosophy a little bit, and decides, okay, we're just going to play this the Jose Mourinho way. We're going to see this out. Yeah. So at the 80th minute, uh, Jogba comes off and Chelsea Golden Boy comes on. <laughs> you know who it is. Yes,
1: I do. The greatest player in the history of the great Chelsea, Fernando Torres comes in.
0: And for those who don't know, because we haven't covered it too much in our Road to Champions League glory, please give a brief
1: summary of Fernando Torres, the player. Fernando Torres, the player. This started off as like a cutscene, <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Fernando Torres was a Liverpool player before becoming a Chelsea player, and when he was signed to Liverpool from Atletico Madrid, he was one of the best strikers in the world. I mean, he was the kind of striker who scored every single kind of striker's goals. He scored the six yard tap in uh, from right in front of the goal, he scored You know, that incredible shot that flies into the top corner from outside of the box. He scored headers. He dribbled past players and past keepers and scored. He was that kind of guy. And so he was the perfect striker for Liverpool. Uh, Became one of the fastest players to reach, like, their 50-goal mark or 100-goal mark or whatever it was. And for as long as he played at Liverpool, he was really coveted by Roman Abramovich and the Chelsea board. They really, really wanted him. In 2011, on deadline day... Chelsea pay 50 million pounds, which was the record, British record at the time. They paid Liverpool 50 million pounds to bring Fernando Torres in. Fernando Torres comes in on January 31st, and he does not get his first Chelsea goal until mid-April. He had a horrible first season at Chelsea, and even beyond then, for as long as he played at Chelsea, it just never, never, ever really worked for him. He would score the odd one or two goals uh, here or there, but he never uh, he, he never got anywhere close to the levels that he showed at Liverpool. Um, so
0: for, for someone who is, I'm talking about myself, for someone who never saw the Fernando Torres days, but who did see the Morata days, who would you say is the more disappointing player
1: at Chelsea? I think Fernando Torres for sure, because Fernando Torres was a better player who was a disappointment than Alvaro Morata. Alvaro Morata was just he was just frustrating because he was our striker and we have we have nobody else but with fernando torres it was like oh we have we we're buying one of the best players in the entire world nope
0: it's 3-2 on aggregate barcelona score at the very last minute they go on to win the champions league
1: nope. i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> they do score they do score they do score thankfully it was offside it
0: was just, I don't know if I could say barely. It was it was offside.
1: It was it um I mean, it was it was clear enough that the ref saw it and it was the correct decision.
0: Yes, it was the correct call. So luckily, it's the it's eighty third minute or eighty second minute that this happens, and Chelsea once again get off. A little bit later, Messi hits the post <sighs> again, which, if you know Messi, it's not like him to hit the post so many times in a match.
1: Barcelona get a corner kick. I think it was a corner kick or a free kick, something like that, a set piece. So they push up a lot of their players, and they only leave about one player back. Um, Chelsea have every single player inside their own penalty box. and Except. No. Wait, oh, no, every he, single player. He every was in player, the penalty box. He, yeah. yeah. Uh, including Fernando Torres, who's our striker at this point and playing the, fur- the furthest man forward. But when your furthest man forward is playing in the penalty box, it's not really great. However, what happens is um, ball kind of bounces around. Fernando Torres kind of tries to run with it, and it again it like deflects and bounce off of, uh, of, of a couple of players. I think a Barcelona player gets it and tries to pass it inside the penalty box. It falls perfectly for Ashley Cole who has one thing on his mind. I got to get this thing as far away as possible from our goal. And so he just – and Ashley Cole is a left-footed player. And so you know that he wasn't trying to pass to anybody or anything with his right foot. He just swings at it. And this ball flies. I mean, it goes incre- – like the loop on the ball on how high it goes and it comes down, it was huge. Um, and so – this is
0: an, This is a strange goal to watch, like not in person to watch televised because the cameraman almost doesn't know what to do for a second because number one the ball goes up and out of frame but it also goes to the side and out of frame so it's he has to like zoom out and like turn to the
1: side to find it and then zoom back in again
0: so it's it's actually really odd to see because if you're watching this live I don't know how confused you were watching it live but the first time I saw this match I was so confused because (laughs) Ashley Cole boots it out uh, the camera kind of like tries to find the ball for a second, and by the time the ball comes down and the camera finds it, Fernando Torres is running. Uh, I don't know how many yards. Uh, uh, just
1: like it has to be about st-
0: like twenty or 20, 30 yards ahead of um, whoever that last defender is. Oh,
1: it, it's Sergio Busquets. Sergio Busquets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So by the time the by the time the cameraman finds the ball it's Fernando Torres has it. He just brings it down with a nice touch, and he's like 20 or 30 yards ahead of Busquets. And it's just him against Victor Valdez. And it's because when the ball's kicked out, Fernando Torres is still in his own half. When the ball comes down, he is on the Barcelona half, running with it towards their goal. And it's just Fernando Torres and Victor Valdez. There's no one. When you say there's no one sometimes in a soccer match and they're one-on-one with the keeper, sometimes there's players like right behind or on the side but not close enough to get there.
1: Right. There's no one. There's absolutely it's no like one. It's like he's on
0: a different Acres field. of space. And Fernando Torres, the Getting reputation he has. He's talking about this again. But the reputation that he has, what do you think's going to happen?
1: I think he's going to miss it because he's missed plenty of those already in his, in his Chelsea career. If he was at Liverpool, this would have been in, right? you you'd be like oh, easy but at chelsea his luck has just been so poor and so bad that
0: so at this moment do you still feel like chelsea could lose it's it's an injury time
1: but I, I, barcelona I, I, just absolutely
0: to, yeah barcelona have to score one goal and they've been trying
1: they've been trying and it feels like they're getting closer and closer mm-hmm. with that offside goal that they had and with messi hitting the post it felt like the next great opportunity they're going to get, somehow is just going to make it in. And so, and flashbacks to 2009, right? Where we were literally seconds away from getting through Barcelona.
0: It feels like the exact same thing exactly. happening over again.
1: Exactly. And so, no, at this point, I'm not confident. I'm just like, I hate this game. I hate this game. I hate this game. <laughs> I wish it would just, the ref would just end it.
0: And like all Chelsea goals during this season, it feels like Fernando Torres does not do the obvious thing. He doesn't just shoot it past Victor Valdez. He doesn't. It's him one-on-one and with I'm Victor And I'm glad Valdez. that he doesn't. <laughs> it's him one-on-one with Victor Valdez. And he does the second most audacious thing I've seen in this <laughs> match. He rounds Victor Valdez. He passes it to the side. A neat little pass. Victor Valdez dives out to get it. Can't quite reach it. Fernando Torres doesn't take the dive. He jumps over. Right. Valdez and on an open net, even he can't miss that. Passes it neatly into the into the goal, and it's this game, Barcelona two, Chelsea two, but on aggregate, Chelsea three, Barcelona two.
1: Just puts the biggest smile on my face. I the like biggest smile on my face.
0: One of my favorite parts of this match is seeing every player just almost like collapse and like spread their arms out. At the end of this, drug bus like running around the yep. field yeah. as the final whistle goes. Check just, like, just, just falls on the, the floor. Whole yep. <laughs> at The end of this. It's you can see just the the belief in every Chelsea player. They're in the final now.
1: They're in the final.
0: As this happens, it's Chelsea in the final. Once again, it feels like their luck has just pushed them all the way through. Mentality, luck, everything that that comes into play during a match, pulled them through. And they have finally beaten Barcelona, very close to breaking the Champions League curse.
1: Yep. With that, Chelsea is in the Champions League final to play against Bayern Munich, which has its own story because where is the final taking place? The fire? The fire.
0: (laughs) The fire of a final is taking place in Munich. In Munich. And so... If you don't know, the Bayern Munich in Bayern Munich's name Comes from the city they are from. Yeah. Munich. (laughs) Just for context, just in case you don't know, the Champions League final isn't played home and away. It's one match that is determined before the entire Champions League starts. It happens years before. Yeah, I think it happens Or a year before. It happens.
1: Two years before.
0: It's chosen far in advance. So it's not very often that a team gets to play at home in their own not even in their own country in the Champions League, let alone in their own stadium. Right. Bayern Munich is playing the Champions League final at home.
1: I want to say they were the first team in like over 30 years to be able to have the opportunity to win the Champions League at their own stadium.
0: Which is insane, the fact that they got there within a great team. Barcelona is a great team. Bayern Munich is a great team. You could put those on equal terms right. at this point in the season, especially with the advantage that being at home gives you without the disadvantage of away goals also factoring into play. Right. So this is, if anything, this is even more of an underdog story for Chelsea. This is so you're Maddie, you're 18 or 17 or 20 or 60 or whatever age you are <laughs> in 2012 in May. Just you're going to the final in Bayern Munich. What are your thoughts on that? At
1: this point, I actually believe we're going to win it. Because if you could take down Barcelona over two legs, then you stand a chance. Granted, things need to go your way again, but you stand a chance against any team in the world over one game.
0: One more disadvantage. Because of suspensions, they have to do this final without Ramirez, who scored the chip, Yep, they have to do it without Branislav Ivanovic, who scored the comeback goal against Napoli. Yep, they have to do it without Raúl, Raúl who scored against Benfica. Yep, and they have to do it without their captain, John Terry, their only fit center back. Yep, John Terry.
1: (laughs) I bet you when Bayern Munich saw that Chelsea beat Barcelona, or Chelsea beat Barcelona over the two games and went through, I bet you they were celebrating because from from Bayern Munich's perspective they would much rather face this depleted Chelsea team as opposed to this Barcelona team where most of the team is in its in its prime
0: so this is a, a Bayern Munich team that has just beaten Real Madrid on penalties 3 to 1 so they've already beaten the marino team they're already beaten one of the best spanish sides and they're coming into this with a Chelsea team that looks like they just like limped out of a war. <laughs> they're coming out here with nearly no fit players. Right. They're coming out here with a manager who has no idea what he's doing. And Bayern Munich are playing at home.
1: Story's not done yet. Story's definitely not done yet. Um, I want to emphasize the fact that they beat Real Madrid 3-1 in penalties. 3-1. Real Madrid scored only one penalty. The Germans, traditionally, Germans and German teams are fantastic at penalty shootouts.
0: They are cool, under pressure.
1: Yep, and their keepers usually come up big.
0: Ronaldo, Kaká, and Sergio Ramos all miss penalties.
1: Three of, like, the best penalty takers over the past 25 years, or however long they've been playing. So, if anything, this puts more confidence into Bayern Munich. Exactly. They're great at penalties. (laughs) They're playing at home. Chelsea's got half their team suspended. The other half of the team is out injured.
0: But if you want to know what happens next.
1: You'll have to come give us a visit next week. Because we are out of time. I've been Daniel. I've been Maddie.
0: Join us next week for the Champions League final.